you underestimated greatly Most number ones ever, how long did it really take me? The part I love most is they need me more than they hate me So they never take shots, I got everybody on safety I can load every gun with bullets that fire backwards You probably wouldn't lose a single rapper Niggas make threats, can't hear them over the laughter Yeah that's because I'm headed to the bank, nigga. Welcome it's to the Cannon and Wap Podcast. Thank you for joining us for our 12th episode. I'm Cannon, joined as always by my homie, my ace, my right hand, <laughs> legendary co host, Wap. What's going on, man? <laughs> What's going on? Appreciate the intro. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, we have a trade deadline special for you guys here. Uh, we're going to take a deep dive into all of the trade deadline narratives of course the trade deadline is approaching on february 6th but first we have to take a moment to talk about two players in particular man damian lillard and zion williamson goodness gracious <laughs> yeah man uh damian damian lillard man he's just been he's just been on the heater man he's just like a heater I'm not- <laughs> go ahead <laughs> No, I was saying a heater is an understatement. Like, oh yeah, yeah, man, it's ridiculous. Fuego, like <laughs> he's literally just been torching the whole, you know, every team he's played for the last six games. Yeah, yeah, and I actually have the stats for his last six games here. When he started his run, first game he had sixty-one points, ten rebounds, seven assists. Then he had forty-seven, six and eight, fifty-six and thirteen, thirty-six, ten and eleven was first career triple-double. Then he had the 48 points, nine rebounds, and 10 assists over the Lakers. Then 51 points and 12 assists against the Jazz. And these are just like video game numbers. I want to point out, and that was the the last two games that you mentioned against the Lakers and the Jazz, that was actually like a back-to-back. That was a back-to-back night. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Back-to-back night. The Jazz, you know, they're one of the top defensive teams in the league. And, like, you just dropped 48 and you're going to come and hang 41 on them? Like, I'm sorry, 51 51 on them. Yeah, Yeah. insane, man. Damian Lillard is insane. It's crazy. Like, so the average over that whole period of time is – He's averaging 49.7 rebounds and 10 assists over that span. And the team has had a 5-1 and one record, which they really needed, as you know, they're trying to get into the playoffs. So, Yeah, and it's funny It's like, it's like funny seeing them make a push right now. Like Damian Lillard going to another level to make this push. You know, they were they were kind of – they were being written off, you know, by me as, as well. And it looks like they're – I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. So, you know, we'll see if – I mean, if he keeps up this type of play, <laughs> you know, that would be insane. But um, this is definitely nice to see Lillard kind of take it to another level. You know, he he has a high love for for Portland, and you know he he stated multiple times that he does not plan on leaving. He plans on staying, spend, spending the rest of here his career there. So it's it's definitely great to see. Yeah, and they're currently, I think they're currently one one and a half games back of the HC, so they're pretty close. Yeah. And, you know, if he keeps playing, like, anywhere near this level or at a top level, then, you know, they could definitely uh, sneak their way in. And I, was, I also wanted to say it's, like, not even just the numbers that he's putting up, but it's also, like, how he's doing it, like, all these crazy, you know, clutch shots and moments and pulling up yeah. from the logo and all that. Like, it's just been, like, we, I don't think we've really seen anything like this, like, since Kobe, I think Kobe's 2007 run where he had four straight 50-point games with, like, two 60-point games mixed in there. Like, yeah. I don't think we've seen anything. Uh, this is, like, 
we haven't seen anything since that time, like a run like this. Yeah, it's impressive, man. It's impressive. And, you know, I guess, you know, I guess he decided that it's just going to be game time as soon as he steps on the court in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, Dame always has a tradition of, like, turning up around the All-Star break. But I feel like this time is, like, different. Like, he started, I think he pretty, uh, I don't think he thought, thought he was going to get snubbed this year. Just, like, they, it's just out of desperation, really. Like, they're out of the playoff picture and they really need it. So, he's yeah. just, like. He's playing like the best player in the, in the league right now. You know, side side note, um, just because of, I, you know, just because I had this thought when I was watching Damian Lillard play specifically, like if you actually watch, if you actually watch him play, you know the the movements that he's making, you know all all the attacking that he does, and you think about, you think about playing basketball like on the court, <laughs> it's like these these players like. You know, these elite NBA players are so incredibly skilled, so incredibly talented, you know, like to be able to do that night in and night out, that just, you know, it, it takes it takes so much ability. And right. I think it goes, you know, because people kind of watch it on TV, they, they're conditioned to it, they're, they're used to it. It kind of goes underappreciated exactly how talented these players are. It's um, it's great to see. It's great to see Dame do this. Yeah, man, I I, I completely agree. Zion, you know, he he's been definitely doing his thing uh, in his rookie season. You know, he initially he got injured before the the very first game of the season, and you know we were waiting for a long time for his return, and he did not disappoint. You know, he's averaging 19.5 points, 61 point, you know, he's shooting 61.5% from the field. He's shooting a, you know, a little fun stat here. He's shooting 66.7% from three. <laughs> Stop taking threes. Yeah, after that big. Four and then. Um, it's crazy. Like the first game, you're talking about the threes, like that first game back where he just like, you know, he struggled in the first half or whatever, then he just like absolutely went off for that three minute stretch. Yeah, we had 17 <laughs> points in three minutes and four for four. From three, and he's just like he's just special, man. Like that's just you couldn't even make something like that up. Seriously, I mean, he's doing this in 26 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, I really, you know, I really think that he has, you know, a, a very promising career if he can stay healthy. You know, yeah. I, I'm definitely hoping to see more defensive stats from him. You know, in terms of steals and blocks. I mean, we both know we've seen him. You know that uh, that in instinct of playing the passing lanes and also blocking shots, whether they be chase down blocks or, or just you know blocking shots shot straight up. You know that's something that I, I think that we're going to see him do more. Uh, right now, it does seem that he's playing a little bit more controlled, uh, using about seventy to eighty percent of his athleticism as opposed to. You know, How you measure that? I'm serious. I listen. I, I I watched. I've watched Zion play. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of film. So it just seems like he's like you know he he's not he's not playing as as uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the word to to category. I mean, I, I think he's fine. I think he's just like you know, he's just starting. So he's like feeling his way out. But yeah, I mean, while like, it, you know, oh, he's, he's playing within the game. He's kind of getting getting his shots as the, as they come exactly. whereas like, he doesn't we force saw it in the preseason where everything was just mapped out for him to get the ball on the move and like that was the goal 
whereas, you know, now it kind of seems like he's playing more in the flow. Uh, of course, that's smart because of Brandon Ingram's play. You don't want to disrupt that. So, yeah. But it, it, you know, I, and not even just Ingram. He has, like, he has a lot of good players around him. So, he's not – he's always been, like, a team guy. He wasn't one of those guys that's, like, going to just, you know, take over for the sake of taking over. He's going to be a team guy. Yeah. I, I really like that he he's on a, a team with Lonzo. Like <laughs> – I do like. You just, you just, just, just joke about your fantasy team. No, this has nothing to do with the <laughs> fantasy team. <laughs> this is simply because you know Lonzo is always looking. He's always looking to pass the ball. He's always looking to throw these crazy lobs. I mean, they've already connected with you know, on beyond half court lobs already. So it's just like you know, for a player of Zion's ability uh, in the open floor, I just think Lonzo is the is one of the, the best young players that he could have been paired with. Yeah, and it's like one of the things that most impressive to me about Zion, like outside of the obvious, I think it's just like his coordination and his touch around the basket is just like, it just <laughs> comes so naturally to him, especially, especially for somebody that's so powerful. Like the way he can just finish around the basket like so smoothly is just like, it's very impressive. And I, I was this one play came to mind. I was watching the Celtics or his highlights against the Celtics, and he was uh, he made this play where Alonzo was on the wing and Zion came to set a screen. Then he rolled down the lane, and as he's rolling down the lane, Lonzo throws an oop to him, and like like literally as Lonzo's throwing the oop, Zion's back is turned to him, but somehow he just like turns his head. He sees the ball. And he like jumps up. Catches, catches the ball, like, over his shoulder like an NFL receiver. And mm-hmm. in one motion, just guides it into the bucket for a soft layup with, like, with two defenders around him. Like, this is, like, these kind of things that it looks simple because he makes it look simple because he's, he's so good. But it's just, yeah. like, something that's really tough. Like, not a lot of people are, are making that play. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. I actually saw I saw another play, another highlight. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who they were playing against uh, for some reason, but – he he caught a lob from behind the backboard. Like he caught he caught the lob with his left hand. The ball was behind the backboard. He's still floating in the air, and he like pulls the ball to his right hand, and he doesn't even he doesn't even like he doesn't even have the like natural space to finish this bucket. But he still he just floats it up there and finishes. Like it's those plays that you know that make Zion special. Like you said, like. You know, he's just so good. The The athleticism is, is uncanny, and other players just can't do what he can do on the court. Yeah, it's amazing. I just, the one thing I can't wait for, I just can't wait until he gets a jump shot because it's going to be over after that. It's going to be over. And yeah, he'll be, be I have, like, I have full confidence that he will get that jump shot, too, just because of that natural touch. Like I said, like, his, he's got to clean up his mechanics a lot. But I think once he, like, cleans that up and gets his form right, I think he'll be a, a pretty a pretty decent shooter, or he can be a pretty decent shooter um, because he has that natural feel. Absolutely, man. I'm definitely going to try to draft him every year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we just had to cover, I guess, those two because those two are, like, kind of, you know, taking the league by storm by, by right now. Um, but obviously we have the trade deadline coming up this week on Thursday um, at 3 p.m., and – you know, there's been there's been some chatter out there. It's, it's, it seems a little bit more quiet around the deadline this year than previous years in recent memory. But uh, there's definitely some rumors going around. I figure we could probably just 
you know, go through some of the rumors and see what your thoughts on, are on them. So one of the big ones is obviously uh, Andre Drummond, who his name has been floated out there for a while. Um, he's been linked to Atlanta. Uh, I'm not sure if many other teams have been linked to him, but I guess I guess what do you think about, you know, Andre Drummond possibly being on the move, like where he can end up, or I guess if you think it will actually happen. Yeah, so I think we touched on this on a previous episode. I would love to see Drummond go to Atlanta. I know, you know Atlanta, they've been talking about that for some time. They've also mentioned Stephen Adams is one of the centers they would like to add. And, you know, if it's not Atlanta, I would just like to see Drummond leave Detroit. You know, I don't, you know, he just has to get into a different environment. Like, he's kind of in Detroit wasting away. He's not necessarily being... He's not necessarily being, I don't want to say he's being underutilized, but it's just, you know, I, I would like to see him in a new environment with in a better you know, situation. fresh coach, you know, someone, someone that's going to, you know, have him. I don't even, I don't know. I don't even see him in, in many pick and roll sets uh, or not as many as he should be in. I, I just think he could be uh, an extremely dominant player uh, if he was put with the right, the right guard. So I would definitely love to see him in another uh, in another place. I think Atlanta is probably the best destination for him uh, because he can be a part of their growth uh, with with Trey Young and John Collins as well. And you know he can be that third piece that kind of catapults them into a better season next year and be a part of that. So that would definitely be my first choice for him. Uh, in terms of you know any other destinations that make sense. You know, there aren't really many out there, to, to be honest. And I think that's why Detroit hasn't moved him already. I think that's why it's been tough to move him. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, in all of the different cities, either center isn't, uh, center isn't a position that is important to their concept or their gameplay, or they already have someone there that they're developing and, you know, that – that makes a lot of sense for their team. So it's just, um, you know, I, I would definitely like to see Drummond move. Um, you know, I hope Atlanta is the, you know, is the right, the right spot for him. I would hate to see him go to like Cleveland, you know, that's like a shit hole. <laughs> yeah, so. nobody, yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, you know, I, 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 would, I would like to see him in Atlanta for sure with Trey Young. Yeah, uh, and, and also what further complicates Drummond being traded is he also has that, very expensive uh, player option. Um, I believe, I forget if it's this offseason or next offseason, but he has a very expensive player option, which kind of gives pause to like teams that are probably like the more like contending teams that, you know, don't want to or can't take on that additional payroll. So, right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I would like to see him traded. I agree with you, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Detroit's like kind of they're kind of like a weird front or like an old school front office, I guess, where like not a lot of things come out of that front office. So, you know, it could be something that sneaks up on us. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. So I just, uh, just got a notification that uh, Zach Levine is joining the three-point contest. Oh, really? But not the dunk yeah. contest? <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, but we want to see him in the dunk contest, though. Obviously, but, you know, it is what it is. He's, he's doing something. <laughs> yeah, they gotta have somebody there, especially since it's in Chicago. They gotta gotta have somebody there to represent the team. Yeah. Um. So two other, I guess, two other players that have been kind of there's been a lot of news around them, especially today, are, are Clint Capella and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Clint Capella, 
he uh the Rockets are finally trying to move him, I guess. They want to they said they're looking for a wing and a center back, possibly in a multi-team deal. Um Atlanta's been linked to Clint Capella, also the Celtics, which could both obviously use him. Um it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of strange that the Rockets, I guess they're just trying to shed salary. Like they're Absolutely. looking for a center back, even yeah. though Clint Capella is a center, but um, they definitely do need some additional help. So um, I guess I understand why they're putting them on the market. And then as far as uh, D'Lo, obviously the Wolves, the Timberwolves have been linked to him for a while, and they're still trying hard to get him. And also the Knicks have jumped into the to the uh, talks. And actually there was a trade, or I heard there was a trade proposal from the Knicks that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's so terrible. <laughs> was it uh was it Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox, Bobby Portis, and Alonzo Trier in a second round pick for D Lo, which pretty much I mean, I I, I can't lie, I, I I kinda would like to see Nilakina and Kevin Knox in, in uh Golden State and see how they develop, but yeah. it's just not enough. It's not enough of a trade package. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad because that's probably one of the better offers that the Knicks can, could come up with, but it's just, they're so bad. <laughs> so they have, like, all of, it's funny, like, they're throwing, like, all of their young players at that at that offer, and none of them really matter. It's, right, it's crazy. right. Like, they would have to, if I'm the Warriors, they'd have to throw in, they'd probably have to up that second rounder to a first rounder, and I'd probably be, probably be looking to get uh, Mitchell Robinson, but... I don't think the Knicks want to give him up. So, right. uh, yeah, I just don't. I just don't see that happening. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about? Or also, I guess um, I think the Warriors also said they might want to see how Steph and D'Lo play together before they do anything. So they might just hold them to the off season. But I guess what do you think about? I guess D'Lo maybe to the Wolves or what kind of what kind of trade could form there, and also about the Clint, Clint Capella situation. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the whole I want to see Steph and D'Lo play together thing is, I don't like it. I don't think I don't think D'Lo is the best backcourt mate for Steph. You know, I think Clay is the the best that you're going to get there in terms of what you need next to Stephen Curry. Right. You know, uh, D'Angelo Russell is very much a pick and roll player, and I I, I feel like Steph is he benefits from that free flowing offense, you know, um, they, they didn't use as many, as many screens, uh, you know, when he's had his most successful seasons. So I, I do think that they should move D'Lo uh, in terms of him going to Minnesota. I definitely think that that would be good for him. You know, he does have a good relationship with Carl Anthony Towns and, you know, something did come up where, you know, they were mentioning a D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins swap or at least that being the start of the trade or base of the trade. And I think that that would actually be decent for, for both sides. I mean, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think that. it would be decent for both sides because, you know, D'Angelo Russell and, and Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, that's, that's a decent, that's a decent, that's a decent team there. You, you can run pick and pop, pick and roll all day. And, you know, that's going to be a successful, it's going to be very hard to guard that. And then in terms of Andrew Wiggins, you know, he's he's having a breakout season this year. Uh, Golden State would be a nice change. Define for Byron. breakout. I'm sorry. I said define breakout. He's um <laughs> doing more. He's he's more efficient this year. 
you know, he's, he's, he's doing more in terms of getting stats other than points. Uh, he's averaging 5.2 rebounds and 3.7 assists. Uh, you know, his field goal percentage is up to 44%. Um, he's, he's still not great from three. But he's shooting 6.6 a game, so he's, he's willing to take him, which, but that could be a good or bad thing. <laughs> um, you know, he's still not the most efficient player. He's still not the, the greatest player, but it gives Golden State a wrinkle that they haven't had. Uh, you know, obviously, Andrew Wiggins is incredibly athletic, and if you put him on the Golden State Warriors, where they have so much spacing around the floor, I think that he can be able to it's the word I'm looking for he can be able to outline or, or accentuate his best talents uh, on the on the floor with them and I, I you know I just think it would be a good trade uh, for both sides I, I really think that would be good uh, I just think I don't know I don't think plus you got to factor in like Wiggins contract as well he's going to be very well, expensive I just think I don't know if you want to take that on for somebody that doesn't necessarily fit your team yeah, I mean, both contracts are pretty pretty bloated. I mean, like, um, I think Wiggins is making a little bit more than D'Angelo Russell is. And I understand, you know, your your point in that you don't want to necessarily secure that. You know, that that might not be a championship team. But you're, I don't think it's a championship team with, with D'Angelo Russell either. I think that if you – if you make this trade for Andrew Wiggins and you bring on a wing instead of another guard, it gives you a better opportunity to build on and create a championship with a championship team around those players than you can with D'Angelo Russell, Stephen Curry, and Klay Thompson. Obviously, the Warriors probably have more options of where they can trade D'Angelo Russell. I'm sure there are a lot of teams out there that would appreciate his his services, but. You know, I don't think that that would be – I don't think that would be a bad deal. I think that's a good deal for both sides. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I, I'm just not – I'm just not, I guess, convinced by that. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, with Clint Capella, I would love to see him in Boston. I would, I I would love to see him in Boston just because <laughs> I would complete Boston. <laughs> we can finally talk about Boston actually, you know, making some noise. Like, that would be – that would be a big deal for them. Clint Capella is obviously, you know, uh, an elite rim runner. He's a great rim protector. He's a, you know, he's a great rebounder. Uh, he's going to be able to defend, uh, you know, the the best bigs that are in the East. And, you know, he also causes, he causes some trouble in terms of matchups with, with some of the teams. You know, he's already shown in the playoffs that he can switch on to perimeter players and guard. So, I think that would be huge for, for Boston, especially under Brad Stevens, who likes to, you know, maximize his, his players. So, um, yeah, I guess it comes down to what would Boston have to give up. You know, Houston has stated that they do want a wing, and Boston obviously has plenty of those. So would they be willing to part with one of those wings? Or maybe they do a multi, multi-team deal so it doesn't have to come from Boston? Or Boston also has, I believe, three first-round picks. So they, those could definitely be used as you know as assets to, to get Capella. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how the the salary cap situation for both teams as far as you know how much salary Boston I, I think I think they said Boston had to give up 10 million in salary so they have some players maybe they maybe the uh, Rockets want to take a flyer on Robert Williams or somebody like that who's a young center who kind of gives you or ideally could give you some of what some of what Clint Capella did 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so kind of comes down to what Boston would give up and what they'd be willing to sacrifice. I mean, they didn't want to trade Jalen for Kawhi, so I don't well, know. I mean, they seem to hold on to their players. <laughs> why not give up? Why not give up Gordon Hayward? Why not give up Gordon Hayward in that deal to get Capella? You know, and I mean, I, I think I also think a little bit of why the Rockets are willing to move Capella is because you have a player like Isaiah Hartenstein who was extremely effective in the minutes that he had as a starter. Mm. With, with are you really going to count on him in the playoffs, though? I'm not um, saying I'm not. That's not the point that I'm making. I'm just talking I'm about from their perspective. Because, because he was effective and he, you know, he put up similar numbers to what Capella did, they might have felt that, you know, someone else in that position, a little bit better than Isaiah Hartenstein, obviously, could do, you know, some of the things that Capella did. Um, and I think they might believe that they need more help on the wing if they're going to compete in the playoffs. So I don't see why Gordon Hayward and, and Clint Capella wouldn't be, you know, a good swap. I mean, those contracts are pretty comparable, you know, and that makes sense. That makes sense for both sides. Yeah, I mean, it could. Uh, I, I don't know how Gordon Hayward would fit in in, in Houston with, you know, you have two – already ball dominant players and then he, he kind of needs the ball a little bit but I mean he would definitely make them better though so I'm not I'm not going to say that but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and then I guess keeping on the topic of Minnesota they've been pretty active at least like in the news media about you know their activity around the trade deadline um, a lot of people are looking at Robert Covington as a trade target <laughs> which Minnesota hilar- hilariously wants two first round picks <laughs> as was reported for Robert Covington, yeah, okay. that's what that's what that's what I, that's what what was reported. I mean, maybe it's just the starting out point, or they're trying to take a hard stance. But that's Roko, I understand. Like Roko is, you know, he's he's one of the better three and D players in the league. But yikes! <laughs> uh, but yeah, he definitely has a lot of value, especially to like a lot of the contending teams. Uh, you know, Houston could definitely use him. You know, it's been rumored that Philly might want him back. Even somebody like Dallas or or even like a Clippers or Lakers, they could all use them. So I think there will be a lot of interest there. I guess it kind of det- or comes down to, you know, what's what's the price going to be? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Another big rumor was, you know, Derrick Rose has been in, talked about for a while as a trade piece or a potential trade piece. And <laughs> another front office wanting a whole lot. It's been reported that Detroit – Wants a lottery pick for Derrick Rose, which, you know, that's a lot to ask. What are, what are all ask. these biscuits, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I definitely understand like, Derrick Rose is having an you know, incredible season. But it's just like, what do you really think you're going to get for, for Derrick Rose right now? I mean, <laughs> like, he's, he's most likely the, the, the people or the teams that want him the most are going to be contending teams that want to solidify their bench. So, do you really think they're going to give you a lottery pick? Like, what or, even, or even have one to give? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just like I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how some of these GMs keep their jobs, man. Like, I, I really don't. <laughs> you know, I, um, I actually, you know, I wanted to mention one one guy that that everybody wants, all the contending teams want, and one place that I would love to see him go. So, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of hanging been on out the trade there. block all year. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> hanging out there, just you know, hanging out in the wind, and 
You know, he hasn't he played golf and shit. We all know, <laughs> we all know what Andre Iguodala is capable of. You know, both defensively. Finals, Finals MVP Iguodala. Yeah, Finals MVP. So yeah, all, both offensively, defensively, and his pay, playmaking ability are huge for for any contending team. And I think one team that I don't, you know, I don't think they've been mentioned very often for uh, wanting uh, Andre Iguodala or or been linked to the to him specifically. But one team that I've had a, a few questions about, and one team that I think could really use Andre Iguodala to, you know, complete their team and, and make some more noise is Milwaukee. I would love to see Iggy in Milwaukee. <laughs> I would have went to for 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 personal reasons, but that, that would be uh that would definitely be a good move for them. And you know, I was I was actually thinking about the Bucks. Like, obviously, you know, they, they're they have the best record in the league. They might not. I don't think they're going to make any crazy moves because you know they don't want to mess up the chemistry. They have a good thing going. But I, I do think they're sneakily, you know, looking for ways to make a slight upgrade and. That could be one way to do it. I think they have, I think they have Indiana's first round pick this year, so that could be something that could be used as an asset. And I don't know, but besides that, you know, I mean, they, have, they do have some. They, they have good players, but what would I guess what would the Grizzlies want? Do you think from their roster? Well, you know, if you're the Grizzlies and you really you you have Andre Iguodala, but he's not really on the team. Why wouldn't Milwaukee give them a first? I mean, you know, Andre Iguodala really does, you know, he, he, he kind of solidifies what you have. You know, he, he makes it he makes it easier for you to to get to the finals. I mean, like right now, Milwaukee is probably seen uh, across the general basketball world as one of the teams that are the favorites to make it to the finals. And if you add Andre Iguodala to that team, like you're 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 increasing you're increasing that that likelihood by tenfold. So you know why not burn a, a first round pick? You know, especially with with Giannis coming off contract soon. You know, you want him to to stay in Milwaukee. You want you want to give him the notion that he has an opportunity to win multiple championships, and that you're going to be willing to do what's necessary to get those championships. And you know, you can't stay content. So it's like. <laughs> Seriously, you can't stay content. So you gotta. I mean, why not? Why not earn a first rounder? And then on on Memphis's side, why not accept a first round pick for Andre Iguodala? You can go out. You can get. You know, you can pick up somebody late that uh, is another uh, another young candidate uh, to continue building what you're building over in Memphis. You have a great start with John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Dylan Brooks, who's been playing a lot better, uh, you know, recently. So. Why not? That I, I think that's a deal that makes a lot of sense for both sides. I mean, it's definitely possible. I see a rationale. I think the Clippers and the Lakers are going to go at them hard too. So it's, it's going to be interesting. But I think see, I even in that, the Bucks kind of. Well, I don't want to see him in, in. Well, I don't want to see him with the Lakers, and I don't <laughs> think the Clippers necessarily need him. You know, well, I, I think I, what the Clippers are doing, they kind of like. It seems like every time. Something comes out about the Lakers wanting somebody. You see the Clippers right after. They're trying to like make sure that the Clippers don't or the Lakers don't get anybody that kind of puts them over the top. I think that's what they're trying to do. But they really could legitimately, legitimately use Andre. uh, Both teams could use Andre Iguodala, especially like the Lakers. Like they have a lot of size, a lot of length, but they don't have you know 
another uh, creator on the on the perimeter. They could definitely use another person like that. I mean, I, I every team can't like, really, but go ahead. I also feel like Milwaukee, like if if, you, if if Andre Iguodala had the choice, I think he would choose Milwaukee over both teams. Yeah, I, just feel, I don't know. I just feel like Milwaukee's more him, you know, and that's why. <laughs> you said why? I mean, he is from Illinois, but I don't know. I, th- I think he, I don't know. I don't know. I think he would like, you know, being in LA. I think you don't want it to happen. <laughs> You know what that no, means. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be serious. Like he, he has a lot of stuff going on in California with the tech stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he does. And both Lakers and Clippers are, you know, especially the Lakers are historic franchise. I mean, he's cool. Uh, unfortunately, he's cool with LeBron. Um, I, I think. Uh, Did you say think, unfortunately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I think there's. I think. I think he's probably more attracted to the LA teams, but at the end of the day, it's not up to him. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I do. I don't know. I, I want to see him play basketball this year, so I do. I do hope they trade him. I think they. I think what Memphis is doing. I think they probably have like they probably have a deal that's been offered that they. It's like the worst case scenario that they'll accept yeah. if they yeah. don't find anything better. Um, right. So I'm. I'm pretty confident he will be traded because. You know, they don't want to, you know, just lose them for nothing, even though they pretty much got them for nothing. But you might as well get something for them in return. Yeah. Um, so do you yeah. think um, Do you think Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson get moved? <laughs> I don't know about Tristan. I don't, I don't know who's looking for Tristan. I mean, Kevin Love already, he's having a tough trade market. So I don't know what Tristan Tristan's uh, trade market is. But Kevin Love, I would lean towards he won't get moved just because, I don't know it's tough. Like he has a lot of money owed on his contract, and you know a lot of the teams that he can help out, they don't really have a lot of money to offer. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see I don't see him getting traded. I would like to see him get traded to like a Portland or I was going to say Dallas, but I'm not sure about that. Definitely uh, Portland or something uh, like that. Yeah, I think Portland is the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, but you know it's a it's a it's a tough market for him right now. Uh, maybe next year. When there's only two years left in his contract, something can happen, but I'm not sure if I see that happening now. Yeah. Another, I guess, there's also like a funny rumor about uh, Marcus Morris. <laughs> According to Zach Lowe, he said, quote unquote, the Knicks are hell bent on keeping Marcus Morris and signing him to an extension, which <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but. So the, the at the one same time, that you actually have—that's the one that you don't want to give. Away. Right, right. It doesn't make any sense, but it does because it's the Knicks, so they don't do yeah. anything. <laughs> but apparently, they're, they're still listening to offers, so he could be—he could be another guy that. Uh, uh, I'll just go ahead. I was going to save it for later, but I was saying that's another guy that um, Milwaukee could target. I think he could help them a lot. Just being that oh, three, playing in that three-four spot. Oh, what? Well, Oh, you, you you agree or you don't? I agree. Like uh, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, like he he'll throw that three four spot. He's shooting over forty percent from three. Like he's having a really good season, and he has like some toughness for the playoffs um, and shooting as well. And he can you know he can create a little bit. He's not like an elite he can shot creator, too. but yeah, yeah. Guard. Just a very very solid role player, and you know I think I think some teams would definitely want him. But yeah, but apparently the Knicks, you know. They think they're building something, so. It's <laughs> so crazy. It's so crazy. New York, man. I really don't get it. I don't. Uh, 
And then I guess the last one I had in my notes was uh, we haven't heard a lot recently, but uh, Kyle Kuzma, and I guess kind of related, but Bogdan Bogdanovich kind of, well, I'll start with Kuzma. Um, you know, I think the Lakers are probably looking at deals they can make for, you know, to give out Kuzma and find somebody, somebody that's more of a per- perimeter-oriented player offensively and defensively. I think they're exploring the market on that. I don't think he'll be moved, though. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, the Lakers, and I believe the Hornets have been linked to him. Please go to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually like that would be that would be like that's like one of the first times in a long time that I've heard about Charlotte Hornets possibly making a move, and I agreed with it. Like that's actually that would be a good idea to seriously bring in somebody like him. So if they can get him, that will definitely be a positive for their team. But I think the Kings, well, Bogdan has his, you know, I think he's a restricted free agent this summer. And I just gave Buddy Hield his extension. Uh, They're going to have Fox and Bagley coming up. So I think they are probably going to look to offload him. So I want to see, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kuzma, I, I don't understand the urgency in trading him. Personally, I mean, he's such he's such a talented young player, and you know, obviously this year he's been a bit marginalized because of the other players on his team, and you know, I I certainly think that he can go to another team and play really well. But if you're LA, why not just keep him? You know, I I just um, at least at least for the duration of his rookie contract, uh, does he have, he has two more years left? If I'm uh, I believe so. This is third year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I guess if the reason that I don't understand it is because if I was in the Lakers' shoes, I wouldn't move him uh, just because he's, he's, he's really talented. And you see, you see what happened. You see what happened to Cleveland after the, the Superstar show left. I mean, you don't <laughs> want to be in that position. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... You've already traded away so many young pieces to get Anthony Davis. Why would you trade away Kyle Kuzma as well? But well, I think know. the idea is just to get somebody that you know fits their team a little bit better. Not that Kuzma doesn't fit their team, but it's not like they already have a lot of size. They already have like a lot of people that can play his spot, and then and plus Kuzma is not really like a a ball handler slash creator. And mm-hmm. you know the Lakers like when they're I guess main two guys or whatever go to the bench or one of the two guys, like their offense is, you know, it's just not the same. It ticks down a lot. And then he, I think they will just want somebody that can keep the offense going while, you know, while the stars rest. I mean, I, I agree with your point as well. Like as, as far as like, you don't want to give up all your young assets and be left with none after, you know, Brown retires or whatnot. But at the same time, you know, the window is now and the, they're trying to, they're trying to win now. So they're going to do everything they can. Hey, wherever Kuzma goes, he's going to ball out. So <laughs> I'll be happy for him. You know, I definitely you brought up Bogdan, and, you know, he, he has been linked to Charlotte. I think as soon as I saw that, my eyes lit up, obviously, for fantasy purposes. I mean, if he if he went to Charlotte, that would just be – that would just be incredible. He, he would be – he would be able to really play his game and, and kind of star in, in, in Charlotte. They, they haven't <laughs> – it's it's so crazy to say they haven't had a player <laughs> like him in a long time. <laughs> so crazy to say, man. Charlotte's it's all right. They, they they have some they have some pieces. They have some things going for them. 
I did want to point out a few people that I think would be targeted, you know, in the trade deadline by a few different teams uh, for different reasons. So, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie being the, the first one that I wanted to mention, uh, you know, he has his contract run th runs through 2021, uh, very inexpensive at 10.6 million this year, 11.4. And then he has a uh, 12.3 million player option in 21 and 22. And I just think that, I think Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie has shown uh, that he's a starting point guard in the league. And some of these teams like uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Chicago, and even Dallas uh, would, you know, definitely want a player of his caliber. And, you know, the same, the same type of guy in that ballpark, but who I think would probably be less likely to be moved is uh, Dennis Schroeder. You know, Schroeder has mm. been playing He's been playing incredibly well uh, off the, the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, you know, depending if OKC is able to move Chris Paul or not, not sure if they decide to move Schroeder. I'm sure they don't want to, but maybe a team can make a compelling, a compelling, offer, compelling offer. I, I think those are two guys that could make a difference to wherever, whatever team they go to. Um, you have uh, any thoughts on either of them before I? Oh, actually, just I actually think Dennis is probably more likely to be moved in my eyes. Really? Because I don't think the Nets want to do anything major to their to their core players to their core roster just until like KD comes back. I mean, if an offer comes through that they really really like, I think I can see it. But I think OKC is like they're they're just like they're uh they're uh. Asset ladder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they, they're, they're playing with like they're playing with like free money because nobody expected them to be where they are right now. And you know, if they trade Schroeder, and it depends on what they get back, they could probably even still make the playoffs. And even though I'm not, I'm, I don't know if they're like too focused, too worried about that. They just want to get the, the best assets possible. I think I could definitely see them trading. Not even just Schroeder, but a few guys on their roster. Whatever the best deal is, if it makes sense for the long term, I think mm -hmm. they'll, they'll. They've always been kind of that kind of organization to to be forward looking and you know do the best or build up as many assets as they can and wait for the right time to strike. No, like, I agree. I agree. I, I hadn't thought about it from that angle. OKC definitely has a ton of assets. A ton. But yeah, I, I definitely think both of those guards uh, will go a long way to help help uh, some teams. And then one guy who I really want to see get traded this year, I'm not sure if it will happen. I'm not sure if any any teams have their eyes on him. I haven't seen much, but um, Aaron Gordon, yeah, I would love to yeah. see him. I would love to see him get traded away from Orlando. <laughs> you know, he has he has a declining contract, uh, which might make a little bit easier, a little bit more palatable for other teams to take on, you know, declining all the way down to 16.4 million in his last year. You know, he's been, he's been underwhelming this year, but he's just not, he's not playing in his natural position. He's yeah. not playing to a strength. Orlando never did him right. They, didn't, they yeah. never allowed him to play the position he needs to play with the freedom he needs to play it. So, you know, yeah. I would, I would like to see him in a, in a new situation as well. Yeah, I actually, um, I actually think the best, the best deal, or at least the best deal that I could come up with, was, you know, Aaron Gordon and um, Aaron Gordon and Demar Derozan, 
essentially being swapped uh, in a deal. I, I think Aaron Gordon in San Antonio is great. You know, they don't really have any huge front court pieces outside of LaMarcus Aldridge, and I think they're going to be trying to move him anyway. And if they can, if they're successful with moving Aldridge and, you know, they can trade DeMar DeRozan, you know, put him on an East team that, you know, is a, is a playoff contender. They're not sending him, you know, to the worst, uh, the worst option possible. Mm-hmm. You know, he can still, he can still go out there, beat DeMar. He has Vucevic with him. Evan Fourier, who's, who's having an incredible season. Uh, and Markel Fultz, a young point guard who's who's finally starting to to rise and make his mark in the league. So, I think I think that deal definitely makes sense for both sides. Aaron Gordon, that iteration of the San Antonio Spurs will kind of be the rebirth, you know, with uh, Dejounte Murray, Bryn Forbes slash Lonnie Mar- Lonnie Walker, Aaron Gordon, uh, Yaka Pertle still there, and you know a few other pieces. But you know, I, I really think that if there was going to be a trade that happened, uh, that's the one that feels the most realistic. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I actually had written down, you know, I, was, I wanted to keep an eye on what San Antonio does with uh, DeRozan. I think, I think he could be another guy that, that's been like, there's been some talks about it, but it hasn't like really been talked about a whole bunch. But I think, I think San Antonio is looking to try and move on uh, from DeMar. Um, and that, that is a, I mean, I would I wouldn't be mad at that trade. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, yeah, man. I just Aaron. I, I think I think Aaron Gordon is talented. I think he's a really good player. And and just like Orlando, it just doesn't suit him. It's like he's ran his course there. <laughs> he, needs to, <laughs> he needs to go elsewhere. And you know, I would love to see him play. Uh, I would love to see him play for a good organization that's going to at least you know maximize his talent. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And then I guess lastly, so with the league being you know, so, so wide open this year, um, a lot of teams feel like they have a chance to make a legitimate run. And so a lot of these contending teams are going to, you know, try to make that one move or a couple moves at the deadline that can put them over the top. And I guess we could talk about, you know, what kind of moves that these uh, teams need to make or that we think that they should make in our eyes. I was going to start with the Lakers. We kind of, you know, talked about them already, but obviously they're linked to Bogdanovich. I think if they can get him, that would be a great move for them because they need that that wing player, that another creator on the wing that can help their offense, you know, when one of the stars sits. Um, they, they already have a bunch of size. They have, like, defensive-minded guards with uh, Avery Bradley and Danny Green. But then need like, you look at the Lakers box scores and it's always, like, mm-hmm. LeBron – whatever, AD, whatever, and everybody else is just, like, not even doing that much. They can have that, that, that or sometimes Kuzma's up there, too. But if they can have, like, another guy that can, you know, create his own shots, who can score consistently, I think that would help them a lot. I agree. I agree. I think they definitely need that additional scoring punch. And, you know, Bogdanovich kind of fits them a, a little bit better than, you know, some of the other players. I mean, you do have – uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is shooting 43% from three this year. Of course, Danny Green shoots well, but uh, Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo are, you know, liabilities from the three-point line. You know, for for you know, there are other talents. You know, when that when the playoffs are here, and LeBron and AD, I mean, 
yes, they're, they're probably going to play as close to 48 minutes as possible when, when it matters, but it would be nice for them to have another wing that is able to go out and, and make a play. Not necessarily just get a bucket, but make a play. Exactly. You know what I mean? To somebody that's not solely dependent on LeBron and AD to, like, do everything for them. That's pretty much exactly. what they have now. Exactly. Um, and obviously, we already talked about Andre, Andre Iguodala. He's been linked to them for, you know, they've been saying that since the the beginning of the year that, you know, the Lakers will try to target him. So I think it's prob- those are probably the two most ideal trade targets for the Lakers at this time. And then we go across town, talk about the Clippers next. Uh, I don't know, me, me and you may disagree on what they need, but I was saying, I was thinking that I, I would like them to add like another big man, either a four, maybe a five, just to solidify I, I, I just feel like that's their weak spot is like having a, a solid big man rotation. You know, uh, I don't know what he would cost, but Mar- Marcus Saul's name has been put out there on the market. Um, I think he could definitely help them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Clippers, the Clippers are a, a weird team for me. They are. <laughs> they are. It is because it's like, you know, you have – I definitely understand what you mean about the front court rotation. Like on paper, it doesn't look very good. I mean, you have Evisa Subach and uh, Montreal Harrell, who, I mean, Montreal Harrell does an incredible job off the bench, him and Lou Williams. Yeah, and I think he makes their big man rotation look better than it is. Right. Even though he played well last year, like he's still like played, like he's been he's been very good this year, like better than I expected, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like you have you have guys like, to Michael Green and uh, Mo Harkless can play a little for, you know, Patrick Patterson as well. But like, you know, I heard, I heard that as a side note, I heard they have Mo Harkless on the block too. So yeah. I don't know what they want to return, but this, this is a side note. Yeah. But it's like, you like you look at those three guys, you know, Jamichael Green, Mo Harkless and Patrick Patterson. And you're just like, when they get to the playoffs, are those guys really, are they really right. making a difference? You know what I mean? It's just like, and, and you know what also makes it hard to evaluate the need for this team is they, they've been – they've, they've been pretty much injured all year, like at least somebody. So we haven't seen a lot of games where the full team was together to, like, identify, you know, like their weak spots and whatnot. It's been hard to do that because, you know, whether it's Kawhi, PG, he's out again, Patrick Beverly, uh, Landry Shamit missed a lot of time. It's like they haven't had their full squad together. For, for many games. So it's hard to identify, you know, what exactly they need. So, I mean, like, you mentioned Mark Gasol. Like, I haven't thought about that. That would be such a fake addition for them. <laughs> <laughs> it really would be. Like, Mark Gasol is – he's kind of like do whatever you need him to do center. Like, he can do whatever you want. He can he can play make. He can defend. He can um, – you know, he can score in the post. He can – he can really do anything, you know, and it's like you put I mean, he's already won a championship with Kawhi. So, you know, why not another one? I, but that would be if that happened, I, I would be I'm already bullish on the on the Clippers. I would just be over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like that's that would be incredible for them. So actually, we have a, we have a little bit of breaking news here. I just got the notification. Said Andre Iguodala is prepared to sit out for the rest of the season if Memphis doesn't trade him to one of his preferred teams. So that's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you get sixteen million just just chilling. 
just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy, man. That's like one thing about NBA contracts, like them being completely guaranteed. Like you get into these situations with guys making this crazy money and they're not really, they're not really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So the, I guess the next team that I want to talk about was the Jazz, who they're also – it's kind of similar. I like the move they made for Jordan Clarkson. I think they did need, like, that additional scoring uh, to somebody that could get a bucket. To address their bench. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all they really need to do. And they really need um, – just, you know, if Mike Conley starts playing like Mike Conley again, that's going to solve, solve a lot of their problems. They really have – I don't think there's like the, there's a big move that they can make at the deadline that's going to change them significantly. If they can just pick up another bench piece, uh, maybe I was thinking like maybe like a four, because the people I mean the people that have running the four now, you know, they, you have Royce O'Neal plays there, Boyan Bogdanovich, even Joe Ingles, which I mean they're all good players, but if you have like somebody with a little bit more size, um, yeah. that can help out. But I think I think they could add to that. Um, you know, that, that front court, that, that bench front court. I think, you know, right now they rely a lot on uh, Georges Niang and, and Tony Bradley uh, to spell, uh, to spell uh, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Ed Davis as well. Um, I mean, Ed Davis is, is definitely a, a good player, but I, I feel, I feel like if they were to, you know, this is, this is very like off the rails, but like uh, a Nemanja, Bielitsa, you know, if they were to go and get him, that would be huge for them. You know mm. what I mean? Like um, he could be available too. Yeah, it's just like somebody that can really solidify the bench identity because, like, right now, you know, they rely. It feels like they rely very heavily on their starters to, you know, to win games. You know, their bench is not necessarily the greatest. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Mudiay is is having a little bit of a better season. Uh, Royce O'Neal is is pretty pretty solid as a as a wing, as a bench wing. I think they they wanted to continue to bring Joe Ingles off the bench to help that bench unit. Uh, I really did love the Jordan Clarkson trade for both Utah and Jordan Clarkson, but you know I, I think they're just they're missing one piece. Yeah, and yeah, I think you know when in the playoffs it feels like. I mean, in previous years anyway, uh, I'm not sure how much Boyan Bogdanovich goes to help that this year. But in the playoffs last year, it was kind of like they can only go as far as Donovan Mitchell goes. And, you know, they really need more scoring. Yeah, I was just about to bring that point up. Yeah, yeah there's somebody that can level them out because sometimes they do struggle to score in the playoffs. There's somebody that can be like a consistent presence on the scoreboard. I think that's that's really all they need. Yeah. yeah. The defense I mean, is going to be good. It was, it was, it was like, that's why I love that Jordan Clarkson. Did and they can't, and they, they can't, they got to stop guarding Harden from behind like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned that Michael Conley would definitely, you know, if he played well, it would go to address a lot of the issues that they have. And that's completely true. I mean, Michael Conley is, you know, one of the, you know, one of the, the, the top most stable point guards in the league. I mean, He's uh he's never been you know a, a mega a mega star, but he does his job at a very high level, and he's not he's not done that for them this season. So you know I think you know in recent games he's starting to turn it back on a little bit, but we need him to be ready for pay, for the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I guess moving on uh, next on my list I had the Nuggets. 
Uh, now, they've also had their rash of injuries recently, so it's kind of hard to identify for them as well. Uh, they could definitely use a defender. Um, I was reading that the Nuggets, uh, are, yeah, the Nuggets are targeting or they want Drew Holiday, which, you know, that would definitely make them like definitely an incredible team. But I don't know how re- how realistic that is for them because they're not going to get – oh, go ahead. Who, who do you move for? Well, they were talking about uh, the Pelicans. Were, I guess we're asking for MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., which makes sense. But obviously oh. the Nuggets are not going to do that. <laughs> but possibly, you know, I don't, I don't think it's enough to get it done. But maybe the Pelicans, if they attach, like, a couple draft picks, they could send, you know, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, these type of guys uh, to the to the Pel- – I mean, they have a lot of good – uh, rotational players the Nuggets do so they have guys that they can send that are valuable but you're talking about somebody like a Drew Holiday it might it's probably going to take a little bit more than that yeah I mean if it was if the, honestly if in terms of maybe lack of draft picks and, and more players if there was any team that could make that or pull that deal off it would definitely be Denver they yeah. have they just have so many different players like you you go down to even Juan Hernan Gomez like he's not necessarily one of the best players in the world, but he's a great role player. There are a lot of teams that can actually use him. Yeah. But I think I think the the true issue with Denver is is that is that they have too many players. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know in, in terms of in terms of a defender, I think that you know Jeremy Grant and Tory Craig go a long way to to be those those lockdown defenders when you need them to be, especially Jeremy Grant. Uh, I really like his game because, you know, not only does he present uh, a great uh, defensive player, but he's also brought up that three-point percentage tremendously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he helps them a lot. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm sold on Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as, as the tandem that's going to get it done for them. I mean, I think – I think they're they're like they're right there. They're very very close. I think I mean if if things broke right, even this season with the team as the way it is now, they could you know make a long run even to the finals. But to your point, I would like to see them consolidate you know some of their assets, some of their players into like one really good player. That I think yeah. that'll make them take them or make them that much better. Right. No, I agree. I'm and I'm not. I'm not sure what that is, who that player is. I mean, it's Drew Holiday would be would be yeah, a great. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Would be <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. You know, the Pelicans have. You know, they're just like OKC. They have so many different assets. You know, you just take on more assets. I mean, you know, these these young players. You just take on you know, more of those young players. You have so many so many players already that you need to find time for to to help with their development. You know, I just – yeah, Denver Denver's a little confusing for me. Uh, I really think <laughs> to, you know, kind of do away with Paul Millsap. I'm sure that will happen next year, but Michael Porter Jr., he needs to he needs to be unleashed. I think yeah. he's the guy for them. I think uh, – yeah, I think next year we'll definitely get to see more of MPJ. But he's already – I mean, to, to his credit, he's already playing well and proving himself, which he kind of – I guess that's what he, what he needed to do in his rookie year. But, yeah, I definitely like I like him as a future piece going forward. And then the last, I guess the last Western team I had, I'm kind of 
skipping Dallas because they already made a move for Willie Cauley Stein. I'm not sure how much more active they'll be. And we know they're targeting Igadalo, but I don't think there's many more rumors out there about them. But um, the last West team that I had is the Rockets, which you also talked about a little bit already. Now they said that they obviously they're shopping Clint Capella. They're looking for a wing and a center. I was trying to think about who would fit that's like realistic. Obviously they're going after Igadala as well. I was kind of thinking outside the box, like maybe somebody uh, like a Thomas Bryant on the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I think he would be inter- interesting fit there because, you know, he can roll to the rim. He can do, like, similar things that Clint Capella can do. Oh, go ahead. You can answer both of those, you know, both of those requests with the trade to the to, with the Wizards. Yeah, yeah. Cause they, have, they have some pieces there. But, uh, Clint Capella – or, sorry, uh, Thomas Bryant, he, like, obviously – I mean, he's not as good on defense as Clint Capella, but he can give you some similar things. And, but he can also shoot the ball at the same time. So I think, and that fits, falls right into their system. Um, I think he's shooting like 36% from three, maybe. So he could he could fit into their system just as like, you know, 34. It's a system, 34, okay, which is, I mean, that's pretty good for that's a big man. Big, yeah. And it might, maybe it goes up on the team with, you know, Harden and Westbrook on it. So on a team that has that system, I think I think he could fit there. So, wow, can we play Capella to Washington? Uh yeah, I mean I'm not, I'm not sure how the economics work, but I mean why not? I think he, no, I mean he, that would be that uh, would be that would be good for. I'm sure Bradley Bill would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I think they said they want to trade Clint to an Eastern Conference team too, Like they don't want to trade him in the West. So I guess they don't want to face him in the playoffs or something. But you know I mean a lot of teams are weird like that. They don't want to trade within their conference or division. But uh yeah so yeah I think yeah, I think that would I think Bradley Bill would like that. It kind of gives you kind of the, the forgotten the forgotten man is John Wall. Like, but once he comes back, if he's like anything like his old self, you can have him, Bill, Capella. If they hold on to Davis Bertans, you know, they got a nice little unit there. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go um I'm gonna go in a different direction. Okay. I think I think I, think I could imagine a uh Clint Capella Steven Adams swap. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure what difference it makes for Houston. Actually, let me, before I jump into that, okay. So that doesn't work because Stephen Adams is making $25 million a year, which I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, so, I mean, that's, that's really the, the tough part when it comes to trades because it's like, you know, you have so much, uh, so much cap that you have to worry about. You have, you know, you have team fit, you have, there are so many moving parts. So, you know, I think that it's limited for Clint Capella. I think, you know, the trade that I mentioned earlier is probably the best that Houston could do, I think, or at least at the top of the spectrum uh, in terms of different deals that they would be able to, to get. You know, I think that, you know, that Houston should trade for Gordon Hayward. I think, I think Hayward would be, you know, even though, you know, they're not, they're not really shedding uh, the, the contract like they want, you know, they're not getting that additional uh, flexibility. If they're, if they're thinking about winning, you know, I think that Gordon Hayward goes a long way to make that happen. But, you know, you're kind of maxing out, you're maxing out everything. And if they, if they want to, 
that that's that's like the weird thing with with Houston, right? Because they're saying that they want to trade Clint Capella, they want a center and a wing back, they want to compete in the playoffs, and they want to shed. <laughs> yeah, they they, you know they I mean? try to do everything <laughs> at one time. It's, it's tough. It's like, it's like you're asking for like impossibilities here, but and you know, leave it leave it to Daryl Morey to pull something crazy off. You know, yeah. and, with, and with all that, you probably like it's been rumored that they. Might be uh, multiple teams involved, which it sounds like it would have to be if we're going to accomplish all that. So that's where it gets like kind of complicated. It's hard to like visualize three team trades. So yeah, like you said, Daryl Morey has a strong track record of, you know, making the impossible possible. So I, I, I'm pretty confident he will move Capella. I just want to know. I'm just interested to see like what the the move is going to be. Yeah, Paul Capella, man. He probably thought. <laughs> he was going to be there for the long haul. And now he's, thought. <laughs> you know, these trade talks. It's crazy, um, man. He remember the uh, the contract hold out. Yeah, he, he really thought he was – he thought he was a guy. Yeah, a guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we can uh, jump over to the Eastern Conference now. Start at the top of the conference, the Bucks. We also kind of discussed them a little bit already, but you know, I had brought up I had brought up Marcus Morris before. I think another guy that's, that's, that could be a sneaky pickup is uh, Danilo Gallinari. I think he can also provide a lot of the same things. Well, he's obviously very good on offense. He can be another person that you know when teams key key in on Giannis, that somebody that can you know shoot and create their own shot and do their own thing. So yeah. I think that's another guy that, and I, I think I think the OKC will make him available as well. OKC is like it's like they have they have so much to give. Yeah, like they they're they're like in the best position. Like they can <laughs> listen to any offer, and you know nobody's really untouchable on that team except for like SGA probably. So they can like really go in a lot of different directions. Uh, Danilo would be that would be a huge addition for them. I think that, you know what I worry about with. With Milwaukee, uh, you know, they paid Chris Middleton. Uh, obviously, Giannis is, is over there making money. You know, if they add another piece, it's like there. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's but it's kind of to what you said earlier um, where I like the point you made that they have to kind of show, like, Giannis is going to be a free agent soon. So they kind of have to show him that they're committed to doing whatever they can to win. So. When you have, like, that kind of pressure on you, you kind of, you know, you have to go for it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like, Danilo Gallinari, he doesn't he doesn't add as much on defense, but he can score. He can score with the best of them. So, and he can also get to the line. And that's exactly. uh, that's a big – that's actually a, a, a hugely covered, like, a widely covered skill in the NBA because not all players can do it. Not all players know how to get to the line. And he gets to the line, and not only does he get to the line, but he sinks his free throws at a high rate. So, yeah, that would be huge for them. You know, I think, you know, any any wing right, of that caliber, you know, we mentioned Marcus Morris, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Andre Godala as well. You know, I think any wing that's, that's available that is, you know, that could be obtained by Milwaukee, I think they should go for it because – you know that that's what's going to that's what's going to put them over the top. That's what's going to give them the best opportunity to win. For sure, for sure, I agree, hundred percent. 
So yeah, I don't, I, overall, I don't think I think it's less likely than more that Milwaukee makes a move. But I mean, they'll they'll keep their eyes open. Let's talk about Philly. Yeah, that's what I was going to move to next. <laughs> I was going to move to the next. Let's talk about because I, I out of out of the contending teams, like all of the contending teams that we spoke about, they're pretty set. I mean, you know, they they don't necessarily have to make a move. I think. I think Boston and Philly are two teams that have to make a move. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think El- Elton Brand's definitely, definitely going to do something. But at the same time, it's like it's hard. The Sixers do obviously they need shooting, they need shot creating, but it's hard for them to like make trades because outside of you know their top four players make so much money, and yeah. everybody else has like well Josh Richardson has like a mid-sized contract, but they're not going to trade him. But everybody else outside of that. Uh, they just make their, their salaries are so low that it's hard to like really like match salaries in the trade. So they kind of have to like work around the fringes, which makes it tough for them. This deadline. I mean, some names that have been thrown out there have included, you know, Alec Burks, uh, Derek Rose. Uh, we talked about Robert Covington. McCollum. McCollum. Well, McCollum. I, I think there's been less noise about that. It's kind of like a pipe dream if they traded, but they'd have to trade Al Horford. And, you know, I'm kind of torn about Al Horford because he, he's not the perfect fit for the team. Mm-hmm. I think they could probably benefit. I thought he from was the, going to be a better fit, to be honest, when, he, when you know, that signing initially happened. Well, the thing is, like, it's like, it's very weird. It's very weird because he's not the perfect fit, but at the same time, he's like the piece that kind of puts us over the top of some of the other teams or puts the Sixers over the top of the other teams in the East that they're competing with. Like, he mm-hmm. kind of gives them – he's the reason, like, you know, I feel confident about them in the series against Milwaukee. You know, he's the reason I feel confident um, in them against the series against the Celtics and, and other teams like that. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like, he, he's, like, not the perfect fit, but he's still, like, pretty valuable to the team. But I guess out of the names that have been mentioned – Robert Covington, I would I would love to see Robert or Rocco come back to Philly, but I, don't, I just think the price is too high on him. So I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Derek Rose, I think the price is too high on him either. And also, I'm not I wasn't as as excited about that because he's not really a good shooter. I don't think he would fit well enough with the rest of the team. And then, but Alec Burks, I kind of like Alec Burks. I think he could definitely add value to the team. I've like I've always thought he could play as like a solid role player. But he's always mm-hmm. had injury injury issues, um, obviously. But this year, I mean, he's averaging 15, 5, and 3, shooting 37% from 3. And he gets to the line. It makes his free throws. So I think he could definitely be a nice uh, upgrade off the bench for the Sixers. I think – excuse me. I think they'll definitely look into that. Another name – see, these are, like, not really exciting names. But another name I was thinking about was uh, Bruce, Bruce Brown from the Pistons. Yeah, he's he's like another guard who's he's having a pretty solid season. You know, he's had some really good games this year, and you know he can shoot. Um, he can you know go off the dribble a little bit. I think he's another guy that could possibly be a little bit of an upgrade to some of our you know backup point guards. Like I said, like you, they can only trade for certain people because of the contracts. But Mike Scott, he, I think Mike Scott makes the most of the reserves at like five point something million. Mm-hmm. And he, I, he he's definitely like probably the first candidate to go because he's been, whew, he's been playing pretty bad. So really, <laughs> they can they could try and get something out of like a package around Mike Scott, another 
player and maybe like a pick or something, something thrown in there. I think they can get something decent. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, not trying to, I'm not I'm trying just, to hate on them. I'm really trying to rack my brain because the Sixers are in such a precarious position. Like they pay a lot of, a uh, lot of money to Al Horford and Tobias Harris and, you know, that, that kind of locked things up. You know, I was really excited for you guys when you got Josh Harris, um, Josh Richardson, sorry, uh, back for Jimmy. You yeah, know, that was week, that was a good return. Yeah, that was a really good return. And, you know, there's just not – there's not much out there uh, for, for guys that are going to make an impact and be cheap. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> – I think all they just need to make maybe one or two small moves, upgrade the bench a little bit. What they really need is just time to gel. Like they've obviously been dealing with their injuries as well. So, you know, the starting five hasn't had a lot of enough time to gel and like get to know each know each other on the court. And if they can just get some more of that, stay healthy, maybe add a little bit more shooting to the team, they could be all right. I mean, they're still very good, especially at home. They need to learn how to play on the road too, but especially at home, they're very good. They just need to work around the margins a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, I think another another thing here is, like, Al Horford is not movable, in my opinion. I don't think that – I don't think that uh, – I think you could move him. I think you could move him, but I don't it's think just a matter of do you – got a four-year contract, four-year deal. I don't, I don't think there are many teams that want to take that on. I think you, know, you could find it's considering but it's just a matter of like I said he's he is still valuable to the team, so it's just maybe a matter of figuring out how to use him better i guess I don't know I think he's movable though, but I don't think I'm not sure if they're convinced that they need to move him yet mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like literally racking my brain right now trying to figure out who you guys can actually get <laughs> <laughs> like it's I don't know. Like, you know, Milwaukee's not going to trade with you. You can't go get Wesley Matthews. You've got to look at the West team. There's not really there's not really much out there that you can go get. Maybe 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 Nemanja for you guys too. Bielisa for you guys too. Uh, what? Uh, Nemanja Bielisa. Oh. <laughs> maybe uh, he, already, he already turned us down. Forget him. I mean, he's only making six million. So, <laughs> so yeah, he would, he would be a nice ad for you guys as well. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, slim pickings, man. Yeah, slim pickings. Uh, yeah. So moving on to uh, Boston, I know you said uh, that's another team that you said that you feel has to make a move. Yeah, uh, I guess I was wondering what move, what kind of moves did you have in mind for them? They need a center. You know, they need a center. They need to, they need to go get, they need to go get uh, Stephen Adams, uh, Clint Capella. They they need a, a solid, stable center. Uh, someone who's going to defend because they are going to get destroyed <laughs> in the paint. <laughs> Seriously, they're just, they they're going to get destroyed in the paint. You look at their you look at their competition. You know, you look at look at Milwaukee. Brook Lopez can destroy them in the paint, and Giannis can obviously destroy them in the paint. Toronto, Pascal, and Marc Gasol, Miami, Bam. He's going to destroy them in the paint. Even even some of their bench players can can do a little bit to make that a problem for them. Philly yeah. obviously has Joel Embiid. Indiana has Demonis Sabonis. I mean, like you look across the the landscape for for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, and it's like 
you know, Boston, they have the, the, the most front court issues. You know, that's just not going to hold up in the, you're in the playoffs. So if they go get if they go get Stephen Adams, Clint Capella, or even Andre Drummond, you know they need to go get one of those guys. Danny Ainge is going to have to get aggressive. He's going to have to go out and get one of those guys because you need you absolutely need one of those players, uh, not one of those players specifically, but you absolutely need a center, uh, you know, a solidified force in the paint to compete in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I guess it's going to be interesting to see, like, what is Danny willing to give up, Danny Ainge? Because he's always been reluctant to give up his young Danny is play, drafted player. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's stingy. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So that's kind of held them back from, you know, getting certain players before. So, but they do have, they have a lot of draft picks, which, you know, teams might value um, a little bit more. But it's kind of, I guess it's kind of hard for me to see them getting you know, at least somebody on a Clint or Steven Adams or a Drummond level without, you know, giving up one of the players, one of the, one of their assets. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, his contract is, is unbelievable, but Gordon, Hay- I think Gordon Hayward is the one you move. I mean, the way that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playing, you need a center. I, I just feel that Gordon Hayward is the one you move. I mean, he's not, he's no longer in the future plans. I don't think he is. I mean, you know, he's, he's making $32 million. He, You know, he's not – you're going to have to pay Tatum and Brown at some point. I just don't think he's going to – I think he's going to – if he doesn't get moved now, he's going to get moved later. I just feel like that's the if, – if you're going to – if you're going to compete for a championship this year, then you should, you should move Gordon Hayward and get a center. Because Enes cancer is not going to do it. I mean, uh-huh. cancer is cancer is he's he's a fine he's a fine center. I'm not saying that he's horrible, but they need you need more defense. You need to yeah, need he would get exposed. It's just not this is not going to happen for them. You know, and you just you would hate to see, or at least I would hate to see them just kind of wash out in the playoffs just because they didn't address that need. Yeah, well, I guess you have to talk to Danny about that. <laughs> Give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hit him up, man. <laughs> uh, then going on to uh, Miami. Uh, Miami, I think I think Miami kind of wants like another offensive piece. They've been also linked to Drew Holiday, which would obviously help them tremendously. Um, listen, listen <laughs> we ever get we ever get Drew Holiday and Jimmy on the same team, I just. Every backcourt that they play is not scoring. <laughs> Seriously, like I, yeah, that would be that would be a dangerous combo. Drew Holiday, we've mentioned him a few times, but I think Drew Holiday is probably if if how depending on how how open New Orleans is to moving him because it seems that that New Orleans does want to make a playoff push, and Drew Holiday is integral to that. But you know. Drew Holiday is one of those players that can go to any team and just make it an, an immediate impact and yeah, make yeah. their team so much better because of his ability on, on both sides of the floor. And if Miami, like seriously, if Miami got him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about like the, these players, it's, it's crazy, you know, like I mentioned it with Marcus Saw earlier, 
and you know Drew Holiday, of course. Like you, you talk about these players who are like, you know, they're they're not talked about very often in the greater media, but they're so they're such huge game changers, you know, for a roster. Like, you know, if if you get if you get Drew Holiday, if Miami got Drew Holiday, you know, they're they're striking fear in somebody's heart. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. Like they're they're definitely doing that, especially in the playoffs. Like we saw we saw what Drew Holiday did to Damian Lillard in the playoffs that one year was like three years ago. It's just like his ability to lock in and Jimmy's ability to lock in is next level. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I don't I don't agree with that trade. I don't think that I don't think that Miami should move Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero or uh, uh, marginalize their roles at all. Kendrick Nunn, he can get out of there if I'm getting Drew Holiday. And I'm I'm almost borderline saying Hero. I know I know like it, the, the the talks have stalled because uh the Heat don't want to include Hero in the trade, which you know I understand he's just a rookie with a lot of promise, but um, I mean, if you like chasing championships, especially Ken- – I mean, Kendrick Nunn, he's a great story and everything, but I would I would not try to, like, be all- – try to hold on to him that, that, that closely. I, I, would definitely, I would definitely be trying to sell think, high on him. I feel – I guess I feel more so that Miami, even though they're really good right now and I think they can compete right now, I don't think their plan is initially – or was initially to win this year. I think that they are building themselves for a a big 2021 free agency. Well, yeah, they definitely want to do that. Um, they're trying to, yeah, definitely so, keep it know, open for that you, big free agent year, yeah. I, th- I think if, if, if Pat Riley is going to make the move for Drew Holiday, then he has to feel that that's a championship team right now. So that's why well, I make the Maybe, point. I don't know. That's why I make the point, you know, if, if that's the plan, if you're, if you're going to hold off uh, for that, that 2021 free agency, then I think you keep those rookies in place and just develop them uh, to, to be pieces around, you know, the superstars that you're going to bring in in years in the future. Yeah, well, I guess the thing with Miami, they, they have a lot of they have a lot of good rotation, like similar to the Nuggets. They have a lot of pieces that are, are pretty good players. And so they can – you know, kind of bide their time and wait for the right deal to come along. So I understand, like, not wanting to give up their young pieces for Drew Holiday. And I don't think – and I also understand the Pelicans uh, not wanting to trade, you know, Holiday at this moment because they, they also have a chance, like, not even this year, but, like, even next year, they have a chance to make a big jump. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can understand both sides being hesitant. So, you know, I'm assuming that you're going to bring up uh, Indiana next. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna like, but I don't have much to say. But I don't think they're gonna be that active. Just you know, no, all the depot just came. I was, uh, the reason I jumped ahead was because I feel like Indiana is like such a sneakily complete complete team. Like outside of maybe you know uh, one additional or two additional bench piece, bench pieces, like you know Victor Oladipo coming back healthy is. I mean, you look at that that lineup. You have Malcolm Brogdon, Oladipo. We still got to see. We still got to see. Oladipo's not all the way back yet, so no. We'll but I'm saying by the playoffs, he may be. He might, yeah, he might be. But we still got to see if he has that. I mean, I think I think he'll be good, but he's been kind of struggling, understandably, understandably. So, 
I mean, they they they're a very good team. They just don't they just don't have, I guess, like the firepower, I guess, to make me a believer. And they do, but I, I, at the same time, I don't know like what kind of trade they would make. You know, Miles Turner's name has been thrown out there, but I don't, I don't know. I think they're kind of cooled off on that now. So, so disappointed in Miles, man. <laughs> I just I thought he was going to be so much better. Well, I think this Demontis kind of stole his spot for real, for real. But I mean, they're kind of they're trying to learn to work to play together. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's kind of like the Al Horford situation. You kind of. Like, both of them can play together, but it's probably ideal if you keep one and ship out the other one. But I don't think they're quite at that point yet where they're ready to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's all I pretty much had to say about Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see I don't see them getting active at all. I mean, Indiana always kind of stays the course. You don't really see them making too many moves. Yeah. Like, and then I guess the last team that we have on our list is Toronto. Uh, Toronto, you know, they obviously have that Kawhi-sized hole in their roster. <laughs> but, I think uh, they're just doing No, but they're actually – yeah, they're, they're very good. Like, I think they're in a – I mean, they're in a good spot. I don't, I'm not even sure if they expected to be as good as they are. Mm-hmm. So, they're, like, kind of, you know, also playing with house money. Like, they – they can like kind of go either way, whether they want to trade Marcus Marcus for another piece, or maybe keep him for a run, or maybe make a small tweak to the roster to like try and bring in somebody to help them make another run at a championship. Like I think they're I think they're very good. Like they're better than they were last year. They're better without Kawhi this year than they were last year. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so they don't really need somebody quite as good as Kawhi this year. I mean, that would obviously be nice, but they but they could use another, you know, strong offensive wing like that to have them, to give them like that additional, uh, take them to that next level, I guess. But at the same time, I don't, there's not really that many, you know, available on the trade market. So Masai, he's, he's always working, so. Yeah, I just still have, I have a high level of confidence in Toronto. I mean, like you look at their roster and, they just have like a lot of players that contribute at a high level. It's just um, yeah, they're like Miami. They're like them in Miami. Like it seems like every time I watch them play on TV, there's like somebody new on the court that I don't recognize, which is like yeah. rare because like, like, I know pretty much everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally came out of nowhere and and he just uh, he just and dropped. Yeah, they they, they just be balling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. I mean, like. You know they're they're kind of in that that spot that perfect I want to say perfect spot where they have the young players that they're developing but they're still a highly competitive team like they're you know they can cause they can cause some issues they have the personnel to cause some issues in the playoffs for some of the other teams in the league you know they you just I mean you look at it like Fred Van Fleet you know didn't expect it. Pascal Siakam, we didn't expect either. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, Norman Powell is a solid player. OGN and Obi is a solid player. Terrence Davis, I just brought up. Um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, while albeit he's not, you know, the greatest player in the world, he's still another solid, solid wing. Patrick McCall is is, is a solid, solid guard uh, with a with a bit of upside. So it's just like they have so many, so many things going on there. You wonder if a superstar is necessary for them to really be successful. 
you know, being as though they already have Pascal Siakam in the fold. I mean, if so, you're thinking about, like, being a championship-level team, I think at least another all-star, I think, is what they need. Maybe not quite a superstar, but I think I, I do feel like they need probably another all-star. But at the same time, they're competitive enough where, you know, if things break right, they could make a longer-than-expected run. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's – it's not necessary for them to make a move because they they probably weren't aiming for a championship this year. And oh, I think they were. I think they. I think they had wanted something to prove. Okay, true. But probably, I, I I still agree with your point that it's not necessary to make a move. Though I think yeah, they're. I think, they, yeah. I think you know if I was Toronto, I would probably stand pat. I mean, outside of outside of Gasol, I, you know, he might not be as necessary. Uh, you know, with the way that Serge Ibaka is playing. If I if I trade Marcus All, then I'm probably looking for. I'm actually I'm not even I might not even be looking for another piece back because you kind of have Chris uh, Boucher that's developing there. I, I actually like his game a little bit. <laughs> Chris Boucher. Yeah, it, it's just listen. Is. I'm just saying like I feel I feel like if you're Toronto, you just you just stand pat. I, I don't I don't make a move. I'm not trading anyone because you know that the identity that they have is, is just so strong. And now Marcus is coming back, you know, they're, they're getting back into the flow of things. I just think you make another run at it. You know, you see, you see who Pascal is in the playoffs. You see, you know, how far he can take you. You see how, how got, you know, how other teams game plan against them, how they play them. And you see what Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet can do as an undersized backcourt and just take it from there. Yeah, kind of playing with you know they're kind of playing with playing with house money here. Yeah, I and mean, I think there's always, especially when it comes to Lowry and Gasol, if you find a way, if you find a move that kind of extends the longevity of the team, I think I think Masai would take that. But overall, yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing's really necessary right now. I guess some other like random tidbits I had about the trade deadline before closing: Dwayne Dedman asked for a trade. But it doesn't seem like anybody wants him. Seriously. I don't know if we're going to get that Dwayne Dedman trade this year. No, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So he's just going to have to tough it out. <laughs> yeah. I think one of us mentioned him, but Davis Bertans, his name has been uh, popping up a lot, you know, on different, I guess, articles and whatnot. Because Obviously, he's like one of the probably the best shooters in the league this year, and you know every 2020 NBA. Washington better hold on to him. Yeah, I think they should too. I think they should too. I think they should definitely hold on to him. But I mean, he'll be he'll be so much more needed, uh, especially you know when you get John Wall back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely they're definitely going to need that that floor spacer, and he's an elite elite floor spacer. So yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what they what what they could get in return for him, but it doesn't feel like it would be uh, more than what they they could have by just keeping them, I guess. Right. You know, someone else. Uh, you know, someone else. I, I want to see get moved. Who's that? Jim Boylan. <laughs> <laughs> I so want Jim. Like Chicago. Chicago is not uh, not the best team, but. They have they have some decent pieces there, and it's just like 
this guy can't coach, man. I don't like <laughs> I don't like him at all. I really, I really, I really, you know, granted he's not a player that's going to move by the, the trade deadline, but, you know, I almost said that I wanted to see some Chicago players move just because, you know, I want them <laughs> in the situation. Like, he's just, he's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, just I think I have a pretty good feeling that the end of this season might be might be the end for him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I guess, I don't think, I don't know, we kind of, I feel like I'm going to say this and then something crazy is going to happen, but I don't feel like there's going to be as much movement around the trade deadline this year just because of the fact that, you know, it's not a big free agent summer. Um, a lot of teams are, a lot of teams feel like they can have a shot at the title, don't mm-hmm. want to make too many shakeups or changes, and uh, a lot of them are like, capped out anyway or close to the cap, which kind of limits them. So I don't think we're going to – I think we'll see some moves. I think the Sixers will definitely make a move. Capella – I think Capella will definitely be gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the I feel like the Timberwolves will probably do something. Um, I think Lamar will get moved. You least. think so? Okay. I okay. think so, at least. Like, if not LaMarcus too, I think at least DeMar. You know, okay. I'm, uh, every trade deadline, you kind of – I kind of hope for, you know, fireworks, but – I think you're right. I think this one might be a, a bit more docile. Yeah, I think I think Drew Holiday's probably going to stand pat, and then the two Lakers, they're the two LA teams. I think both of them might make like a small move. Small move. I definitely I think, think Bogdan's getting moved. Oh, you think so? I do. I just think <laughs> it makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't. Like, why keep him in Sacramento? Yeah, I don't get it. Might as well. And if, especially with this contract situation, you know, if they yeah. don't want to give out that money. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. Trade deadline is coming up on Thursday. So, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be watching my phone. See, we'll see what Woj, Woj and uh, Shams put out there. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Indeed, indeed. So thank you guys again for, you know, tuning in with us, taking the time to listen. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, the next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about what happened during the trade deadline, uh, whether there were fireworks or whether <laughs> they were. You know, we'll be analyzing those trades, breaking them down, and talking about you know the the rest of the season uh, after All Star break, and, and you know uh, who we think after the trade deadline has the uh, the best chance to make some noise in the playoffs. So, yeah. And speaking of the all-star break, there's one quick thing. We were talking about we wanted Zach Levine to do the dunk contest. It turns out Pat Connaughton's in the dunk contest, which is highly disappointing. Um, so disappointing. I was so mad when I got that notification. <laughs> like, not to not to downgrade Pat Connaughton. Like, he's a very athletic player. I'm sure he's he some exciting dunks. But it's like, come on. Like, you go from Zach Levine, like, you wanting Zach Levine to Pat Connaughton, it's just not it's yeah. not. And, and now only, it's like it's okay. kind of like a blemish on the the dunk contest now, in my opinion. Like you, well, you have, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. But the only thing that gives me hope is like the way that Shams worded his tweet. That it sounds like there's a possibility more people can still be added. So stay optimistic. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I think with at least with the other three contestants, I think it'll still be exciting. But you know, we'll we'll get into that. Maybe at the next episode. Indeed, indeed. 
All right, guys, well, handing out. Check you guys. Bitches loving my drive. I never give it a break. Get these niggas the look, the verse, and even the hook. That's why every song sound like Drake featuring Drake. Straight, white pre. Why is it always me? Got us watching our words like it's wide taps on the team. Cause I show love. Never get the same out of niggas. Guess it's funny how money could make change out of niggas for real. Some nobody started feeling themselves. A couple somebody started killing themselves. A couple albums dropped, those are still on the shelf I bet them shits would've popped if I was willing to help 